Well, everybody's smoking in the basement. They're all having a good time. And no one is acting complacent. Yeah, they're all out of line. And someone is cooking in the kitchen. I truly thought it was you. But you are out here living in the living room. What's up, guys? This is the Burnt Toast Podcast with Stu. And this week, I have a special guest on. His name is Nick, and he's from Knoxville. Hey. Third time's the charm. Third time is... Indeed, the charm. All right, Nick, we're going to start off today with a poll. That a I poll? On the Instagram account at burnt.toast.podcast. So it's all about Seth Rogen, all right? Mm-hmm. The I, man. I personally think that he is hilarious. What fat Jew that smoke weed isn't hilarious? Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Preach. for real, I asked, does Seth Rogen need to sponsor LaCroix? And and guess guess how many people said that he should? Everyone? Everyone. That's I'm telling you, man, that's a hundred percent of people that voted. How many people voted? Six. Nice. <laughs> so that therefore he should totally sponsor. Oh, this one wasn't really related to Seth Rogan. But well, it was who prefers a good late night snack over an early night snack. Hmm. What do you think? I, most votes. I think late night snack got more votes because that's just, that's like, you know, everyone knows that term. Yeah. And ding, ding, ding. You're right. Eight votes this time for mm-hmm. late night snack, 100%. Yes. Next question is, is Seth Rogen secretly a potato? The choices were three emojis of potatoes or no, he's a french fry. Um, I forget what I actually answered, but I'm going to go with he's a french fry because he's baked. <laughs> you did answer he's a french fry, so good memory there. Hey. 88% of the people, though, responded that he's a secretly a potato. That's hmm. seven people, Nick. Seven to one. I think he's secretly a potato. Wait, don't both answers mean he's a potato? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, actually, everybody, oh, we got you. <laughs> Y'all just got pranked. Yeah, ha, ha, prank. This is a prank gone wrong. All right, anyways. <laughs> Does Seth Rogen own a monkey? Oh, gosh. The, the, uh, the choices were highly likely and... He owns a giraffe. So how do you think that the the scores got broken down on that one? Well, I'm pretty sure the only correct answer is highly likely because he definitely doesn't own a giraffe. But there's no saying... Giraffes aren't real, right? Wait. Aren't the giraffes just made by the government to spy on people just like birds? Oh, that's why they got the long necks because it's like a 360 camera. Exactly, man. Damn. You're woker than shit. 86%... Our voters said he highly likely owns a monkey. Yeah, he seems like the type to own a monkey, too. One person said he owns a giraffe. I don't really know why he'd own a giraffe. But, you know, to each their own. 
I know uh, Sway Lee owns a monkey and one other celebrity that I can't think of right now. Okay. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So, what's a podcast without its questions, right? When you guys send in questions, we answer them. That's just how this works. That's how it be. That's how it works, okay? That's how the cookie crumbles. So, I've got some more questions from the main man, the main question asker, mm-hmm. Joseph. So his first question is, is below the earth also above it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll buy it. I mean... I can hear in the distance the X-Files theme song playing. You remember when that was Or I guess it still is a meme. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? How can anything be real if we live in a simulation? Shoutouts to giraffes. And birds. But yeah, the the bottom... Wait, what was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) Is below the earth also above it? Yeah, it's all perspective, man. It's all relative. Yes, Exactly. Einstein, theory of relativity. Space and time is relative to the individual. I argue sometimes, I don't stand to this belief, but if I'm if I'm inclined to have some fun and blow some people's fucking minds, I'll often bring up the point of you only know that yourself is real. I mean, I have no proof, or at least not yourself, but like the self, the uh, like the ego, the 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 voice that talks to you in your head, your conscious. You know, you only know that you are conscious. You know, we can't hear other people's thoughts. I can't hear your thoughts. I certainly can't hear my dog's thoughts. And there's no way of disproving that my mind's just making everything up around me to keep me sane. Exactly. There's actually a theory that when you die, you you enter this blank void of nothingness. And you lack stimulus, so you create, like yourself creates a world, and you live in that world. That'd be that, sick. That's a really That's a really out there theory, but it is a theory. I mean, you know how like when you're dreaming or like when you're falling asleep and you reach that point where you're still awake, but you're like phasing into sleep and you can sort of just create these worlds around yourself. Yes. A couple nights ago. Lucid dreaming. Yeah. It's it's like this weird in between zone for lucid dreaming and being and like just like falling asleep. But a couple being in the astral plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably what you would associate it to. But a couple nights ago after uh, Thanksgiving break. I was like, my sleep schedule was kind of out of whack. Okay. So, and I do this thing where I sleep where I try to stay completely still because it like helps you fall asleep quicker. Yeah. And I was staying completely still, but my body wasn't used to falling asleep at that time. So my body, like it started having all these weird sensations because I was like frozen, but I was still awake mentally. Oh. Yeah. And like. Oh, Nick. 
there was this thing going on where oh. there was a, there was someone there and I was interviewing him or like he was asking me questions and we were like talking to each other but I don't know who he was. He had a mic in front of him and stuff, but like it was me. It was Stu. Stu. It was Stu. It was Stu. It was Stu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just opened up a whole another door. I know. I know what you're about to go into because you've been telling me oh about it. Oh boy, <laughs> astral fucking projection. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm feeling courageous, I'll after I meditate before I go to bed, I'll just like spread like a fucking starfish mm-hmm. on my bed and try and have my body fall asleep, but not my brain. Like I keep my brain active and I'm like noticing all the feelings and sensations throughout my body. Dude, you may have like unintentionally astrally projected. Well, it's like it's this thing I I've I've done it before because I remember this one time in high school I did it where I was falling asleep but I was still awake. And like I was like in a classroom and a bunch of people were talking to me and like overwhelming me with questions. Yeah. And eventually I woke up answering their questions like out loud. Uh-uh. And then I was like, "Wait." <laughs> Because I hate when that happens because right yeah, when you speak... no, I know exactly what you're talking right about. Right when you speak, you're like, fuck, I'm stupid. Dude, that was yeah. a dream. When I was in high school, I remember this one time, I was like half asleep. Or I guess it, it might have been middle school. I don't remember. But I was half asleep and my mom comes into my room and she would like wake me up because I was lazy and didn't set an alarm. Me too. Or no, I, I set an alarm, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't get up to it. Yeah, I did the same exact thing. Yeah, and she'd come in my room and wake me up after, you know, the the annoying loud, mm-hmm. you know, it was going off. And then like the lecture, the lecture on, you're never going to pass in college because oh you stay sleeping in every <laughs> I morning. Never, I never got that lecture. I got that, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, so she, um, she woke me up this one time and you know every every single time i'm i'm half asleep and i have countless stories of this type of shit and she she like wakes me up she's like all right griffin it's time to go to eat breakfast and i'm like okay and she's like do you want do you want um it was like do you want oatmeal do you want cereal and of course i'm, I'm i want oatmeal right right but for some reason i said cereal <laughs> and I I wake up again like probably like five minutes later thinking, oh man, I can't wait for this hot oatmeal that my mom's cooking me, right? Right. I go down the stairs and there's cereal. There's like a bowl of cereal sitting on my at my place. I'm like, I told you I wanted oatmeal. And she's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. She's like, no, you said you, said you wanted cereal. And I said, I definitely want oatmeal. And she's fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, re- I remember it now, like after it happened, but like in the morning, that morning, it just slipped out of my mouth. And like, if I'm half asleep, oh, cereal, random shit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've done it multiple times before. I'll just talk gibberish, mm-hmm. even though I'm conscious that I'm doing it. I just like, I don't have, I don't put in the effort to actually speak full sentences. Yeah. I do this thing sometimes when I'm like right about to fall asleep or right when I'm waking up where I'll respond to my dreams. And <laughs> yes, yes, I know what yeah, you're talking about. And I've then done that. <laughs> and then just instantly right after you're just like, "Come on, man. 
You knew yeah. that was a dream. Dude, I woke myself up the other day, like, talking to myself in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, I don't remember what I was saying, but I was responding responding to someone in my dream. I guess it was when my REM cycle was lower, because mm-hmm. I, I woke myself up. I'm like, is there someone in my room? And I look around for a second, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I totally just woke woke myself up. Yeah. And it's like, it just feels so right. Like your body's, it's like your, your, your speaking is like underwater and then you finally like yeah. breach the water and then you're just wide awake and all your dreams are gone. And then you're it's like, like, wait, it's like you pee in the pool mm-hmm. expecting it to be clear and then it turns fucking purple and everyone gets out around the pool Got and they look at you and they go, what the fuck is wrong with you? And you go, look, man, I was just peeing like all you losers. Peeing in the pool doesn't do too much. Yeah, I mean the amount of chemicals that they put in it, I would I would suspect that very little stuff actually gets out there. You ever seen that one picture from the civil rights movement where the uh the hotel owners pouring acid in the pool that's like got a bunch of black people in it? Oh, that's awful. One of the it was actually I think it was a black family and the dad was actually a scientist. And he knew that the acid couldn't actually affect them because oh. it instantly neutralized in the water. What? So the picture is just them chilling in the pool while he's pouring the acid in Oh, uh, yeah. I completely misinterpreted I that. I probably explained it poorly, so you're fine. <laughs> no, the, the, the black father was the one in the pool with his black family. Okay. And the white hotel owner was pissed at them, so he was pouring acid in the pool. Oh, no, I did interpret that correctly. Yeah. But the acid didn't do jack shit. It neutralized because the pool had a higher constant like it just is it a base like was the pool a base this um this chlorine is chlorine a strong base i don't th- i think it's less to do with the base and more to do with the fact that the acid was getting so diluted that it was only interacting with the water rather than the people stupid white man stupid landlord stupid hotel owner mm-hmm. freaking bates motel <laughs> get out of here norman <laughs> you freaking white loser. <laughs> Cracker. <laughs> no, okay. You know, I'm shout probably going to... Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd keep it. <laughs> I mean, it's not a racist thing. It's just a joke, right? Mm-hmm. I'm white. White people historically deserve being called crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Because in in the big picture, it's I don't know why people can get over it. Yeah, I think I think people are too sensitive, man. Mm -hmm. Too sensitive. You think too a generation raised on like South Park and like I don't know, like all those cartoon network shows that are just like so raunchy. You'd think that the people in our generation would not be so fucking serious all the time. Like I actually have to think about like is this word i'm about to say is it going to trigger someone like you could literally just say oh i really like toast and some freak would just be like bro did you really just say toast in front of me and you're like yeah and they're like bro that's my trigger word and you're like what does that mean and they're like that's my trigger word don't say it again and i'm like toast and they're like mm-hmm. bro i'm triggered and then they like try to fucking fight you and you're here like how the fuck am i supposed to know what the fuck i can't say around you you know and it's like, hard to debate it because it's fundamentally offensive to talk about this subject 
yeah, this subject itself is triggering. But so, I, I mean, I I understand like words that are offensive. You know, like I'm not even going to say examples because I'm sure that people are thinking of words in their mind right now. But it's just like with those words, yes, it makes sense. But if I'm talking to you about tacos or toast or not even food, my shorts, right? Why are you going to get offended that I'm talking about shorts? Like, come on, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to talk here. I'm just trying to have a conversation. And you're out here freaking out because I didn't know that when you were six, you got caught in a pair of shorts and trip down the stairs and hurt yourself. And now every time you hear the word shorts, you have a mini anxiety attack. You know, like, I, I don't know. Maybe you should lead with that. Thankfully, thankfully about stuff like that, that's like, you know, the vocal minority. Like, those people are definitely the the loudest about it, but it's really not affecting you in your everyday life. Yeah, that's true. And there are certain ones that start bordering on that. Like, you know, the... Did you hear about the situation where the girl wore like the the uh, Asian dress to prom, even though she was like completely white and didn't know anything about the culture, and then got called out for it? I think I remember hearing about news that's like similar to that when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Not so much in college because I don't really follow news anymore. But like yeah. in high school, I, I certainly heard of like cultural appropriation and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying isn't true or isn't real. It's just like, I don't know. I, I, I think that people have become more sensitive, but I think that that's in response to the fact that, you know, people may be seeking more attention now or they want to be a part of something. And it's mm-hmm. really easy to be a part of of movement that's calling out something that's wrong with society and, you know, in quotations, of course, and mm-hmm. I just, and there's some, and one, one thing that's important about the whole, uh, the whole conversation is that it's not, it's not black and white and it's never going to be black and yeah, white. It's very gray. It's like, like the grayest of the grays. Like there was another situation where I think it was a college. They got in trouble for dressing up in sombreros and like playing, mariachi music on taco tuesday because they were white people in the kitchen you know uh what's the word the kitchen staff no appropriating mexican culture okay like for the purpose of taco tuesday oh and it's like when when you look at that scenario are they fundamentally insulting Mexico in any yeah. way or are they appreciating Mexico? No, I, I feel like it would I feel like it would totally come down to the intention of mm-hmm. them doing that. Mm-hmm. And if they're doing it like mockingly, then yeah. Get those mm-hmm. people in trouble. Ban it. Or mm-hmm. I mean not ban it, but like ban mocking culture. Cause I mean, okay. Humor, all right. You have mocking, but I don't feel like a school place where there are you know, different minorities and majorities and differences among people. I feel like that's not the place to mock a culture, but yeah. like in a comedy club, if it's a part of a standup, no big deal. Right. But like, if you're doing it out of hatred or saying like, look how stupid these outfits look, then that's an issue. But if you're just doing it for fun, cause it's taco Tuesday 
and mm-hmm. you're doing it because not only do you think it's cool that you know the culture does it, but you want you know you just want to appreciate it as well. And that's there's no issue with that. Mm-hmm. I think I think this I guess this is answering the question from the last episode that someone asked. But I don't really think PC culture is the problem. I think that the 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 hate culture and the cancel culture are what cause PC culture to be a problem because yeah. politically politi- political correctness and cultural appropriation are important topics and are important to have conversations about. But you can't have a conversation about something when you put a wall between you and the other person and just start screaming curse words at it and hate it. Yeah. You know, you need to come from a point of reason and have an actual conversation with the other person rather than instantly resort to outrage because i mean there is context to the situation you know Mm -hmm. there's going to be an explanation that needs to be had instead of just instantly going for the i hate your opinion fuck your opinion it's invalid i've noticed at least in i'm not really sure you know when our parents were our age how this culture was but I know nowadays people get offended very easily and they're not willing, not everyone, but a lot of people aren't willing to hear the other side. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I'm right. You're wrong. Shut the fuck up. And that's because they've been, they've learned to feel strongly and passionate about their subject. And they feel like the right way to go about that is to feel like any other view of it is unreasonable. But yeah. even yeah. if you do think the other view is unreasonable, that view is not going to disappear if you just keep hating it. You know, you need to talk to people about what you feel is right and what and see if you can change their minds. Because my, people will change their minds if you're if you're kind and willing to have a conversation with them yeah. about it. And you also need to be open to change your own mind. Yes. And I mean, like having strong opinions, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. As long as you can support yourself. If you don't have any facts to support your opinions, then there's. I mean, if you're just saying, yeah, well, I think that this is that because I heard it here. It's like, well, where are your facts? How many, you know, how many, what's the statistics? And if you can't, I don't think if you can support, I mean, there there are certain things that you literally can't support, like theories, like theoretical physics. You can't really support that unless you're a physicist. And you can develop beliefs based on, you know, I don't know, physics or. And listen to profession, different perspectives from professionals. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a whole world of, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm curious if our parents grew up in a time, like, I I wonder if this is, if, if this is in due part due to the internet. Of course, 100%. That's in my opinion, the internet is entirely the reason why this came about. Because the, yeah. thing, the thing that I've found so interesting recently about life in general is that, you know, history is always happening around us mm-hmm. and we're always going through growing pains. Like there's never going to be a, a, a right, like a cut answer to any problem. And that's why this problem or not problem, but this conflict of political correctness and 
cultural appropriation. That's why it's so vague is because people don't know how to deal with it because it's brand new. Yeah, it's brand new. That's exactly yeah. the point I was about to make. Is mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, the internet's brand new. Yes. I think we talked about this actually in one yeah. of the previous podcasts, but like the internet is so new. There's so little restriction to what is put on it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's not a good thing either. People can put out whatever they want to. And yes, there's some moderation on some websites, but like the dark web, for example, no moderation. You can post literally whatever you want to on there. And it's just like the internet provides the world with communication. Mm -hmm. And another thing the internet does is no longer, how do I word this? There's, there's not like, People that are saying stuff now were saying the same stuff 50 years ago. They were just saying it behind closed doors. Those doors are open now. Yeah, like Facebook Mm -hmm. gives... I mean, not even Facebook, just like... There's so many different blogging websites or, you know, places where you can post your thoughts Mm -hmm. or, you know, people who want to hear your thoughts. And, I mean, just think about podcasts. I I can go and get the most extreme people on the planet on this podcast and get their voices heard. Not that they're right, not that they're wrong, mm-hmm. not that they're even neutral, but I can I can go and find those people and have their voice heard. I just think the internet has allowed so many people's voices to be heard that people kind of group into these little groups that are like, oh, well, you believe this and I believe this, so that's just going to reinforce my own belief. And mm-hmm. I I wrote, uh, for a thing at work, I wrote this short one-page essay just because we do like these leadership talks about how you need to be aware of the people you're around and what they view and how they work and et cetera. And one of the points I made was that if you're around if you're around someone and you're not aware of their you know how they lead or how they act in a workplace then you can't contribute to them succeeding and i compared that to like a golf player who is obsessed with golf and he's in a golf club right and all these golf guys think that golf is the best sport in the world and he, you know, he gets really involved in this club and starts pushing his belief on other people that golf is the best sport. And then when he hears someone say, oh, well, golf, you know, soccer is better than golf, then he just doesn't even want to listen to him, mm-hmm. to them, because he has an entire support group for his belief. And he can say, well, then why do, you know, 200 other people think that golf is better you know i'm i'm just it's you versus me and 200 people who's gonna Mm -hmm. win the Mm -hmm. me and 200 people not you not mr soccer guy over here and I, i think it's really important to be aware that just because you're involved in these communities where you all hold the same ideas the same viewpoints you're not always right Mm-hmm. And you should be open to hearing what other people say, no matter if they're wrong or right. And I mean, I I've dealt with people, I, I've I've talked to people who are very you know 
black and white like i'm right you're wrong that's the Mm -hmm. end of it and it got to the point where i literally just didn't want to be around them anymore because they weren't willing to have an open-ended intelligent conversation with me it was just like oh well you know tvs are really bad for you because you're always looking at a screen and i'm not going to hear why they're good for you at all i mean that's just like a really shitty example but like it got to the point where they would not budge on their belief. And I, I was just like, you know what? If if you're not even going to listen to what I have to say in response, I'm just I'm not gonna talk to you because you're you're so close minded. And I feel like that could also be an issue why people like why we're having why we're seeing this issue is because maybe because people are so stubborn with their belief, people are stopping you know people aren't confronting people as much anymore or maybe they try to confront these people but these people aren't willing to change their mind so they're, they're like you know what screw it i'm not going to try and change your mind anymore and yeah so maybe people are kind of stuck in these little groups where they're like i'm right you're wrong critical thinking is a really important skill to have in at any time but especially now because ideas are everywhere and things happen so much quicker than they did in the past. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have any sort of fundamental understanding of the world around you without feeling like you've been swept onto some movement without knowing because radicalization, despite what you think is, is very, it's easy to get caught onto if you're not critically thinking about everything, because Mm -hmm. when you hear things that sound right to you, and that make you feel good about yourself and your identity, and you hear other people saying the same things, then you're going to start believing it. And especially in a time where the internet exists and people can market that sort of ideology to you, yes, it's very easy to get radicalized in any field. Oh, that, yeah. that, that goes for any belief system. I totally agree. Because I, I feel like even at one point in my life, I may have been swaying in certain directions that I didn't want to be. Oh, yeah. I feel like I, as as my as I've matured and as I've started becoming more of a critical thinker I could realize now that you know these things are pandering to people like me in order to get them to believe things. Yeah, I think playing devil's advocate in any scenario is incredibly important. Yes. It's it's like you know even if you agree with them there's no harm in in bringing up the opposite the opposite view. Uh, I mean, you do that on this podcast a lot. You'll bring up, like, if I say something, you'll bring up an opposite view. And I really like that because it it, it encourages discussion between us. I'm a big devil's advocate yes, guy. Yes, I've, I've noticed that. It's and my favorite thing. Yeah, it's. I think that um, people aren't really thinking about what they're hearing anymore. I think they're just, like, hearing it. And believing it, you know, I, I, I wanted um, a little bit earlier. I, th- I thought about making a comment, and here it is. <laughs> Bam. Um, think about how you thought as a child. <laughs> okay, you thought the world was this great place. I mean, I don't know how you thought, right? But a lot of children are pretty innocent, and you probably weren't aware of all the issues in the world. And you also probably weren't as close minded as you are about certain things now. 
And whenever I find myself being closed-minded about something, I like to challenge myself to be, to think like a child would. And I'm not saying all children are open-minded. I just know mm-hmm. that as you develop into adulthood, you become more fixated upon your own beliefs rather than being moldable and being, you know, being like, okay, well, yeah, that that might be the case as well. Yeah. And I just think it's important to, you know, whenever you're in a situation where someone's questioning your belief and, you know, you're, you, you find yourself being closed minded and not listening to them. Just, just remind yourself, think like a child, you know, be open minded, listen to what they're saying. And if it changes your belief, big deal. I mean, seriously, like change is inevitable. And I think a lot of people are afraid of change because don't get me wrong. It, it can totally be scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can tell you, I've been afraid of change before and has, <laughs> has my fear stopped the change from coming? No. Change is fundamentally like scary for humans because we're such routine creatures. Well, I think that that's also been, I feel like if we weren't sedentary and we were moving around, that's, that's the right right yeah sedentary is when you stay still i think so i I don't know we'll Um, roll with it we'll roll with it according to us sedentary means you're staying still well because sediment is the type of rock that's like at the bottom of the volcano yeah that's sediment i I think so um anyways a, a civilization that's not moving anymore they're not nomadic i feel like since we aren't always constantly changing our environment we're we're not putting ourselves in the in the position to experience change as much and so we become comfortable with with sameness and we become comfortable with little change and so when a huge change comes along we freak out because we're like oh gosh this is going to change everything what's going to happen and I really like something I heard the other day. Um, it was it was somewhere along the lines of, it doesn't matter what you do, where you go, how you work, it will be okay. Mm-hmm. No matter what, it will be okay. Because you're either dead or alive, really. And if you're dead... You're you're on to the next, you know, whatever comes after this, whether it's nothing, whether it's something, mm-hmm. who knows? But while you're alive, it's okay yes. because you're still here, and in misery, and pain, and suffering are parts of the human experience. But when you when you can learn to avoid those or deal with it in a mature way you enjoy life more. And yes. when when you learn that suffering is part of the experience, I, I, dude, I can't even tell you how fixated I was when I was a kid on, like when I was younger, because I guess I still am a kid, uh, how fixated I was on why why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Why, why mm-hmm. am I getting in trouble? Why did I go to the principal's office? Why did I caught get caught, you know, eating the cookie out of the cookie jar? And it never occurred to me that suffering is a part of life. And it it's 
impossible to live an entire life without any suffering. And once you learn that suffering is inevitable, you can expect that suffering and, and learn to deal with suffering and learn to, when you're in that moment, when you are suffering, you can learn things to help you get through it and learn from it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's stressed in meditation. I think Buddhism, one of the main points is suffering, like life is suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very Buddhist thought. Yeah, I've I've been looking into that that mindset a lot recently about switching your why me's into what nows. Yes, because you can't oh, change reality; yes. you just need to work around it. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I saw something on Reddit about that. Yeah, this guy's car, like he was like in a rough spot. He like just lost his job and blah blah blah, and then his car broke down, and he was like crying in his driveway, and he was like you know, thinking like, why me? Like, why does this have to happen to me? Yeah. His girlfriend came out and then said, what are we going to do about this now? Yes. And it like resonated with him. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so true. Just, oh man, I can't even stress this enough with anybody. It's all about your mindset. <laughs> and I, yeah, I snuck, a, <laughs> I snuck a burp in there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's totally perspective. Like you, if you, if you, keep getting rung up on how life is sucks and like why has this happened to me then you're gonna be a negative person yeah and it's important to shift from that because you know life's too short to be focused on how it's how everything's happening around you yeah dude, and you can I, have a really shitty life and have shit happen to you and that's when you get really you get tried you know you get tested oh, yeah trials are constant no matter what type of life you live mm-hmm. and and the thing is i think I think that a lot of people who live a good life, they may feel, why am I not being tried right now? Mm -hmm. But if you have the mindset that this is good, this is positive, I'm here, I'm now, and this is this, then these trials will come to you. Mm -hmm. Instead of being a burden, you'll be able to approach it headstrong and come out with it, come out of it, learning something, taking something away. Mm-hmm. And, and you can take the reins on that fucking trial yeah. and make it your bitch. You know, you can get excited for trials, you know, I mean, even, even, even the word trial can have a negative connotation to it. I mean, experience, mm-hmm. you know, that experience. life is about experience, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's neutral, it's mm-hmm. all about how you view it. And I don't, I don't care this is his belief I'm going to stick to for the rest of my life. You can argue with me all you want. And this is me being closed minded, which is ironic mm-hmm. and a little hypocritical, but I truly believe that it's a mindset thing because I, I have personally experienced a shift in my own mindset and an improvement in my own life. And I've noticed now on most days I'm probably between a seven and a half and an eight and a half on my happy scale, you know, one being just, or I guess zero being awful Mm -hmm. and everything's going to shit and 10 being I'm ecstatic. I'm on top of the world. And then five being, you know, today wasn't a good day or a bad day. I'm probably in, yeah, between seven and a half to an eight and a half. And I think before 
I was probably ranging between a four and a six, mm-hmm. maybe even a three and a five. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't really want to go into detail of why, but it's, I can testify from my own experience, changing my mindset, changing the way that I viewed things, that I talked about things, how I interpreted things, and how things came to me and I dealt with them changed the way that I lived. Mm-hmm. And changed in in general made me live a more positive life. It, it's just so important. Just beware. Beware. Mm-hmm. Beware. Mindset. I will say. I will Mindset. say. Motivation and depression are like it's a multifaceted problem. This is me playing devil's advocate, but it's such a multifaceted. Oh issue. yeah. Oh yes, dude. I can totally agree. Motivation. So, yeah. If if. If you're depressed, you're not going to be motivated to do anything. And you have to realize that until you do something, you'll you'll stay depressed. I mean, yeah, I mean, you literally won't like you'll you'll sit in your bed all day and just be like, this sucks. But but and and but like you might not even ask yourself why you know, why don't I go and go out? You might just sit there. Mhm. And I mean, I, ah, yeah, I can testify, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I went through a dark place in my life, and uh, it didn't change until I found motivation to do something. And I and I found that motivation in fucking surfing. The surf. surfing makes me so goddamn happy. And so that's what I'm striving in my life to do is to go and surf and that's what's been pushing me through everything that's what's pushed me to get good grades in school that's what pushed me to uh start this co-op and it pushes me every day to become a better person is because i know if i can have access to a wave i don't care if it's the best wave in the world or the worst wave in the world if i can stand up on a surfboard and ride it for one or two seconds I'll be the happiest motherfucker on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what I'm striving to do with my life. It's all about motivation. Mm-hmm. And I, sorry, go ahead. Go 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 along with your point there, Nikolai. I'm trying to remember where I was at. Oh yeah, but it's like it's depression's such a multifaceted problem and it's really hard to you know put a cure on it cuz if everyone oh, yeah. if if everyone could cure depression then no one would be depressed. Yeah. And, and like something that's been harder for me because I've never truly experienced like long-term depression. I've mm-hmm. only had it like short-term and like, you know, it's a sickness. It's just like having a fever yeah. or something like that. You know, you, you, there is something fundamentally going on in your body that is not allowing you to live the same way as everyone else. And yeah. it's like, like I said, it's such a multifaceted problem. You know, you're going to have to try many different things to find an answer. Therapy is, is pretty good, too. Um, yeah, I've seen they, therapy help people that yeah, I know. They suggest you finding interest in certain things and then taking those things upon yourself and getting involved, and it works. <laughs> yeah, and if you can, if you want to help yourself with therapy, then therapy will work. But it's entirely yeah. based on oh, the individual. Yeah. It's totally based on whether or not you want to improve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, let's talk about something else. Word. Um, Microsoft Word. Hmm, let's see. I'll go with a, a joke. Let's hear it, Stu. If Sally sold seashells by the seashore, why would anyone buy them instead of just finding their own? Because she sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the she by the seashore, by the she shed. I used to be able to do that one. State Farm. But the reason why is because it's a fucking tongue twister, and that's the point of the fucking shit. That's the same reason why the butler better butter Betty's bread better, and why I have an Irish wristwatch. Dude, have you ever seen the things where people speak in sentences together? Like they're like. So you try and say the same thing that I say. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen that. Oh, dude, let's try it. All right. All right. So I'm I'm gonna say you you me and you have to like work together with our words to make a sentence. Is okay? it like me then you then? No, no, no. Or it's is like, it like it's at together the at the same time. We have to say the same thing. All, all right, right, let's go. Let's go. Oh, so what 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 word do you want to start with? <laughs> Why? Why? Do, Do eagles land across my neighbor's house? <laughs> I'm cracking up. This is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> That was now, pretty dope. We, now we have to answer the question. <laughs> Why do eagles land, land across, across my neighbor's, neighbor's house? Yeah. Okay, so if it's across your neighbor's house, then that means it's your house, and the well, eagles unless, are landing unless because your neighbor is next to you. Okay, yeah, so it let's could define, be adjacent. Let's define whether they're across from us, so it's our house, mm -hmm. or if they're next to us doing the same thing. So we're gonna start off with the word "they." All right. Okay. They. They. Okay, no. Oh, okay, okay, I see. They, they want to land. land. <laughs> they want to land at the, the doorstep of these nuts. <laughs> So, so mm -hmm. we haven't answered the question. Eagles are fundamentally attracted to n these nuts because they're high in protein. High in protein. So they just got to go for them, right? Yeah. Right. Unless yeah. you have a rebuttal. We still let's, haven't let's answered if it's across or next door. And then we have to answer why. Well. Well. These, these, these nuts are across from the house. I mean, it's the most logical yeah. answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's going to so, be. So, <laughs> why do the eagles 
always land across the house, the neighbor's house. And this house would be our house, right? Yes. So. And they're answer. they're trying to get our nuts. They're trying to get our nuts. Okay. Because, because the, the neighbors, neighbors nuts no, no nuts <laughs> nuts n- no, no that, that I have bigger dinosaur. You you really like nuts today, Nick. What's the deal? I'm just giving a logical answer as to why the eagle would avoid their house and go to our house is because we have bigger nuts or they have smelly nuts. See, logic was not in question here. I mean, if logic were in question, then I guess the eagles wouldn't be going after our nuts and would be going for our necks. Dude, I think we totally just wasted like five minutes doing that. There's no wasting here. There's no wasting. Only reducing, reusing, and recycling. Yeah, we recycled five minutes right there. Mm-hmm. We reduced from six minutes to five minutes. Period. I'm a time traveler. I'm time traveling from yesterday to right now. What's new? What's new? Again, this is the Burnt Toast <laughs> Podcast with Stu, and I've got my special guest on, Nick. And hey, you can You can send us questions, and I'll answer them. Whenever I have people on the podcast, because that's what I do. That's just what that's just what the stew do. That's what the stew do. (laughs) Did (laughs) did? There's a there's a guy on YouTube. Yeah, and his name is Steve Rule, and he rules. Steve Steve rules, rules rules. Stay safe, out of danger. Everything's okay. You know about it. Steve Brule, it's not a horse, you dummy. It's a skateboard. I mean, that's what I said. He's a funny guy. Yo, Stu. What's up, Steve Brule? What's on the menu, Stu? What's on the menu? Oh, that actually, there's a question. That's what's on the menu. (laughs) A question that's related. What's on Stu's recommended reading list? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I thought a great book. Okay, I uh, 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 thought a great book was Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Classic. That's a really good book. You may have had to read it in high school, but I read it and I thought it was hilarious because the savages, and then and then everybody else who was like manufactured in cyro Cairo tanks or whatever. I don't know. That is a good book. You know, I recently that word or that book came up in my Google search recently. Really? Because I was, I was trying to define what pneumatic meant at work, and I googled oh, yeah. pneumatic, and something came up about how one of the girls in that story was described as pneumatic, <laughs> even though pneumatic means <laughs> is uh, it like air pressure. Yeah, it's like yeah. air pressure. Yeah, and it was saying that it was explaining her breasts and her personality or her personality. She was airy. And I was like, wait, why would they say her breasts? Her I'm pretty breasts sure that wasn't a sexual airy. character. You know what's been on my reading list as of last night? What as of last night? Bhagavad Gita. Oh, yeah. I was really bored, and a monk gave me this Bhagavad Gita book last year when I was on campus. Like, I was at college. Because uh-huh. the monks around our campus, I guess, I don't know if this is like a universal thing, but they'll just walk around and 
hand you some books and ask for a donation and then carry on their little monk way. Yes. And one of them gave me that Bhagavad Gita book as well as one other book, but I think I gave that book to one of my friends. That's cool. But I'm finally reading it because I've been interested in spirituality recently. Oh, yeah. The Bhagavad Gita is really good. I, uh, I've i got that book and I, I've read some of it. I haven't read the whole thing, but there are like things that you can take away from it mm-hmm. that are, I think that's like the text of Hinduism. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. With Krishna. I think that's yeah. how you say it. Lord Krishna. Kr- Krishna. Lord Krishna. Yeah, the, the god of death, right? Isn't he the destroyer of I worlds? I think he's like everything. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I need to read it, though. Yeah, I kind of forgot. He says, I know at one point he says, I am the destroyer of worlds. In I am book. become death, destroyer yeah, of worlds. Yeah, that's what it is. And I know that that was also used as the quote of the scientist, like the lead scientist who helped manufacture like the first atom bomb or something. Oh, that's sick, dude. That's fucked up, but that's also sick. Cuz honestly, if you think ab- if you think about it, that that was probably the moment where you could finally claim God is dead. Cuz you know that's like a phrase people say is God is uh, dead. Oh yeah. Or like we have strayed from God's Don't use God's his name light. in Lord's vein. I used to <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> I my I would say god and then my parents would say don't say god's name in vain and i say we're not in vain we're in tennessee because <laughs> i was like i thought like maine is a state that i <laughs> guess not vain in maine. is too <laughs> we're not in my maine my mom we're not in my vein mom we're we're in tennessee actually your vein is in tennessee so i guess you are in your vein that was the biggest checkmate ever, though. My parents were like fuck we're not in vain <laughs> damn it the, the parenting books didn't teach me for this one this boy is a heretic. This boy has figured it out. That boy ain't right. I'll tell you what. What? Wait. So, Anyways. So, Stu, what's on the chopping block now? Chopping block is we're going to continue this podcast in the next episode. Bet. Thanks for tuning in. This is part one of part two. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Nick. Such, such appreciation for the viewers again burnt toast podcast check us out on instagram at burnt.toast.podcast and i'm Stu, and Yo, i have nick follow me on uh actually you know what add me on snapchat i think my snapchat is nick wine and that's n-i-c-k-w-e-i-n i'm not really sure i think my my instagram may be the same <laughs> but yeah you can add me on Snapchat at Cats Go Blub. C A T S G O B L U B. Preferably add me on uh, Instagram because that's where I'd be popping the most. But add me I, on Snapchat because I don't. I use Instagram for the podcast. That's it. You also don't know my main Instagram unless you know me in real life. Anyways, add me on. Bye Snapchat. bye. Bye.